Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Collective Podcast. This is your host, J-Dub. You know, this is going to be a really simple episode, just me kind of riffing. Uh, we are three-plus months into shelter-in-place. I guess technically we're coming out of shelter-in-place here in the U.S., uh, but given the numbers and kind of where we're at, doesn't feel like maybe we should have, or I don't really know. I won't make this a political thing. Um, but I do want to talk uh, about and kind of address some of the things I was thinking about um, and try to take our mind off of, of this BS. Um, and specifically, um, I just want to kind of talk a little bit about how I, th I think this impact COVID's going to happen on our rosters and and um, and lineup decisions. Uh, you know, ho uh, hopefully we get sports in the fall. We get the NFL back. Um, I'm assuming we will. Uh, but I want to kind of talk about that. And so um, on the on the on the jump, we'll get into it there and have a quick little chat. Um, so. This is America. Don't get you slipping now. Hey. Don't get you slipping now. Hey. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't get you slipping now. Hey. Don't get you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't get you slipping now. Look how I'm living now. So what I want to talk about is let's just assume in this world that that football comes back. We're about a month out from training camps normally. My guess is those will be pushed back. They'll have an abbreviated uh, training camp. So we'll probably get two preseason games at best. Uh, we'll get the training camp news and whatnot. Um, and hopefully we, we all have our fantasy drafts, right? We all love that. It's a kind of mark of the fall. It helps us get through the fall. It helps us get past the fact that summer's over. Got to love football, right? With all the wave of, of, of new cases and specifically players in, in Major League Baseball and football, college football players being tested, who knows? But let's put that aside. Let's assume we get back. I, I think one of the things that we've overlooked and we're not thinking through, quite frankly, and, and again, it makes sense, a lot going on in the world. This, is, this should be the least on our minds, but let's just let's have a little diversion for a second. Let's assume we're back. The NFL clearly must institute some policy or practice where you're going to be able to have more players. In fact, I, I read somewhere, I, I forget what team it was, but the coaches are even thinking about having a third quarterback It stays away from the team as a, a separate, just in case there was a, a rash of, of cases among the two quarterbacks. But if you think about that for a second, logically, it's going to have a huge material impact on fantasy rosters and fantasy lineup decisions each week. Because what we're going to see is likely NFL expand rosters a little bit and expand the flexibility in week on day of game on active and, and inactive players. Uh, but it's going to wreak havoc on our rosters. Because think about this for a second. Saturday night, Sunday morning, they're going to be doing tests. Let's just say Le'Veon Bell or a Todd Gurley or a Christian McCaffrey, or a Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, they test positive. They will be removed from the game. You may only get an hour or two hours notice, or maybe half an hour's notice before game time. So, uh, and I've been getting into the betting component of this, which obviously will have a, a material impact too, but there is going to be havoc in terms of lineups. There's going to be a ton of situations where if you're not paying attention that morning and you don't have flexibility in your lineup, meaning lineups can carry enough players, you're going to get stuck uh, with a lot of situations where you just weren't able to put a player in, right? You couldn't have a starting quarterback or you didn't have a, a quality starting running back backup or a wide receiver or whatever it may be. So it's going to be an interesting uh, dilemma that we all face. And and I guess what I would like to, to put forth is 
I think all fantasy leagues need to kind of take a, a, a much more uh, pragmatic and flexible approach to free agent pickups, probably expand rosters, quite frankly, particularly for positions that you historically probably had less of. So running or, uh, a quarterback, tight end, kicker, you're going to have to have uh, probably have extra spots to keep teams flush there so that if there is an issue, one thing that some leagues have historically done was this notion of you you had the quarterback of the team. So whoever played at quarterback and that team, you got the points for all of those players. So let's just say you had Lamar Jackson, you had the Ravens quarterback. If you have Patrick Mahomes, you have the, the Chiefs quarterback. I personally have never loved that because I like to build the team and I like in the leagues I've been in historically, as you know, super flex. I feel like quarterback should be a more valuable position. I've also liked developmental aspect of it. So long-term contracts and and why not? So if you've been a listener of this podcast, you know that that's how I lean. But this year, we're going to have to get creative. I don't think there's any way around it. So fortunately, and hopefully, the leagues play, and we have games. And if, if that's the case, then ideally, we're, we're going to need to create some flexibility over our traditional rules. And I know I've been in leagues before where people hated large roster sizes. They felt like it, it reduced player movement. It reduced the free agent wire, whatnot. I think we're going to have to get over some of our, our conservative leanings on trying new things this year for the sheer sake of, of being able to be successful with this stuff. So I think that's a, an important thing to be, would be thinking about just to kind of do a little step back. So I think just clear summary right here, just net is due to COVID, you know, we're going to have cases in the fall. Players are going to get removed at the last minute. It's going to happen to some star players that either test positive or have been exposed and they'll have to, to sit the game out and it's going to happen last minute. You're not going to have a lot of warning. We're going to have to create flexibility in our fantasy lineups and, and rosters to enable people to, to be able to pull players in. I think it for this, for the general leagues, the, the standard league, probably moving to a, I take the, you know, Redskins tight ends or the Redskins kickers, the Redskins quarterback. So a positional approach. And I don't know, actually, I haven't researched this, whether ESPN and Yahoo's and the, you know, the, the commissioner.com's of the world support that, but that would be the easiest way. And the more sophisticated leagues, it's going to be a little bit more complicated and probably have to expand the rosters specifically for certain positions. And it's going to be incumbent on people likely to take the backups, you know, so the backup quarterback, you know, backup tight ends, things of that, of your key players, either that are always roster multiple starting quarterbacks if you're not in a super flex league. But if you're a super flex league, it will have to be rostering the, the backups. So. so that's that. The other thing I want to cover off on is, is whoever could imagine that the NFL would be at the uh, forefront of social <laughs> injustice. God, what a 180 the last three weeks. We went from a league that was, you know, supporting the Donald Trump sons of bitches statements for the kneeling for social injustice back four years ago to a league that that without without any doubt in anyone's mind, completely blackballed Colin Kaepernick. And I'm not the biggest Colin Kaepernick fan, especially as a 49ers fan. I, I saw uh, his talent, but I also saw his inability to uh, perform when the game, when it mattered. But you look at the guy's career stats. I mean, the guy's got like 71 TD passes and like 20-something interceptions. His last year, which everyone thought was a disaster, the year before this of the kneeling, he was a starter. He threw 17 touchdown passes and only four interceptions, completed 60% of his passes. And by all intents and purposes, was actually pretty productive in a 
in a train wreck of a roster and coaching staff that all was was let go the following year. And so, you know, if I look back, I'm like, Colin Kaepernick, without a doubt, was blackballed. And now we're talking four years later, not even completely four years later, basically three and a half years later, you have the George Floyd, you have the Black Lives Matter uh, movement go national and, and quite frankly, go not just national, but really go mainstream, if you will. And within a span of about four or five days, the NFL itself, an employee with the help of players, created a, a really nice touching post um, or video that got shared millions and millions of times that it seems like probably had a material impact on um, on Roger Goodell. And I've, I've heard it reported that you know, when Goodell saw Mahomes in that video, he knew he had to react fast because Mahomes is the future, kind of the, the face of the league, if you will. Whatever it was, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say it was that. I don't know, obviously. But regardless of what it was, it's a, a remarkable reversal. And I think it's a ton of credit, you know, whether it was out of pure just pressure that you saw Goodell do his own video and his response and has come back to even say, I think that Colin Kaepernick deserves a shot at a job, call him out specifically, and almost went as far as basically apologizing for not listening to everybody of the players years ago, uh, did not list Colin Kaepernick. And so I think the speculation, which is probably true, is that he was contractually was was obligated to keep his name out of it based on the the settlement and the rumor I'd read in multiple places what effectively Kaepernick was paid what he would have been paid if he had maintained on a roster in that settlement that they had about a year and a half ago I think it was a fall of of night fall of eighteen uh, maybe it was nineteen I forget but regardless what a, what an incredible change around that and uh, now there's even chatter about Kaepernick being getting opportunities to try out this summer. Chargers, Anthony Lynn, head coach, came out and said that's the type of player they want in their offense. Which, by the way, uh, a little side note on that, I thought I found that really interesting comment by the head coach to say this is the type of player we want in our offense, given that they just drafted a player that doesn't fit that at all in their team. Justin Herbert is not a Tyrod Taylor, Colin Kaepernick type of player. And he literally said that multiple times in interviews. So that that would worry me a little bit on Justin Herbert's value, just to go back to the, the rookies there for a second. But just to finish the point, which is, you know, I give the NFL kudos. They, they, they really rose up on this. Now, some of the owners have not stepped up. Um, and spoke out as much as I think some people would want. But it's great that the commissioner has been a positive mouthpiece here after really, you know, sort of his entire reign as commissioner has, has felt the opposite, where he's really tried to stifle, uh, been really draconian on on stupid stuff like marijuana violations, which, you know, regardless of your political leanings on, on marijuana, it's a minor offense. And quite frankly, most of the, the science says it's a really strong, natural pain reliever. These guys are getting their bodies beat up every day. It seems like it would be a, a much safer thing to use marijuana than, let's say, the opiates that people have been abusing and, and struggling with addiction with. So I give them credit. I, I can't believe how quick and swift that shift has happened and get credit to that. So I, I think that's a, that's a positive, all of this, and that's definitely a, a, a movement in the right direction. And then lastly, not to belabor this, this, uh, this pod, but I'm, I'm excited and I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll actually have a season. I think people are, are saying the right things. I'm hopeful that they'll be able to kind of bubble each team 
you know, it doesn't look promising for Major League Baseball uh, for several reasons. I'm definitely concerned about NBA. I think the the bubble in Florida, which has seen a major spike, probably is not realistic. And they're, I think they're trying to do too much. They should probably have a shortened just playoffs only. It's clear that it's uh, money-driven. They want to get a handful of games in to satisfy their regional sports network contracts. For those of you who don't know enough about that, you know, go go look it up. Basically, I think the number is 70, and a bunch of teams are within like three to five games of 70. And so, ironically, that's what they're basically, they're satisfying the RSNs. And then they're trying to do this a little bit expanded playoffs. I actually like that they're trying that stuff out. I think that's great. So I'm hopeful the NBA comes back. I think, you know, I think they will. I think they will. I think they've got their stuff in order. Quickly on MLB, what a mess. You know, it's America's pastime is is kind of past due. This was a golden opportunity to be a healing agent for the country, to be a galvanizing force. We're talking about a sport that by its sheer nature is physically distant. You could literally play this game being, for the most part, physically distant, right? There's a little bit of... of, of closeness around the the catcher the umpire and the batter although even that's several feet and then you know plays at bases first base that kind of stuff by and large though we're talking about a game that uh you can you can mostly play physically distant which is unlike any other of the team sports you know soccer football basketball hockey these things all require kind of close you know actual contact on basically every play, every instance. It's a core part of the sport itself. So I feel bad. I hope Major League Baseball figures this stuff out. Hopefully by the time you listen to this, kind of near uh, the end of June, we'll be there. But I'm worried. It's a it's a weird world and they're they're making their, their situation even worse. Uh, some of the most tone deaf comments I've heard from any athletes this entire COVID-19 period were baseball players complaining that the risk wasn't worth, they couldn't make their 10 million salaries. If they're only going to get half of it at 5 million, it's just the risk was too high. Uh, I mean, that's incredible to say, given that millions, something like 25, probably pushing 30 million people when this is said and done have lost their jobs, at least temporarily, and people are dying and getting sick. I understand saying, hey, there's a high risk, but but be be mindful that, you know, $5 million is a significant amount of money. Most people won't make that in their lifetimes. Uh, many, most people won't make that in many lifetimes. I'm hoping that they figure this thing out and get it going, but it feels like this is headed towards missing a season and really missing a season over stupidity, squabbling over, over really minor issues in the grand scheme of things and not putting the priorities of the sport and quite frankly, entertainment value and, and the need of the general population and public. So, and that gets me to my last point which is, it's a great article. I, th- I believe it was the Washington Post I read yesterday about the the divergence. And again, this is not to meant to be political, but it talked about how Europe has handled the the situation so much differently than North America. And you see it in professional sports. And by the way, it's not just Europe, it's also Asia. You've got Korean Baseball League back. Japan is, is coming back. The German uh, Soccer League is back. The National League and they're even talking about having fans in the stadium in Germany in August. The French League is back. Premier League has talked about coming back and looks like they're coming back. And they're having success. The German League's been back for a full month. So 
you know, we're sitting here in North America struggling with massive cases rising, setting new records every day, and particularly in big population states with lots of professional and college sports teams like Florida, Texas, and California. I mean, you've got Europe that's really stabilized and not just flattened the curve, but has actually stabilized to a point where they're they're progressing in a, in a safe, physically distant manner and being able to return to somewhat of a normal life. So I wish that for everybody, and I'm hopeful that we will get along and figure out that we should follow safe medical advice and not listen to politicians. I think that that's been the biggest issue with this whole thing in North America is we have, particularly in the U.S., should say not North America, but in the U.S., we spend way too much time looking at politicians and taking advice for them on a medical disaster right? and a medical pandemic. This is not a political thing. This isn't about which side that you vote for or you side with. This is what is the precautions I should take to, to make myself safe, my loved ones safe, my community safe, my country safe, and ultimately the world. So I hope that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, reverse this, be smart about it, get sports back, and, and start getting get to the process of healing, healing from the pandemic, healing from all this strife. And I think a lot of it comes back to sports. So anyhow, short, you know, appreciate the, the, the listen. If you, if you want to subscribe, you like what you're hearing, please uh, do so at your favorite podcast directory. We try to keep up a, a steady pace, but this is, can be found at Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, and many others. So hope you have a great day. My, my, I'm striving for today to be better than yesterday, and let's have a good one. Take care. Bye-bye. Before we leave, let me tell you a little something. Uptown funk you up, uptown funk you up, uptown funk you up, uptown funk you up. Uh,